Welcome back, Your Light is Fearless listeners. My name is Amber. I am your host. And today I'm sharing with you the lovely and beautiful, talented Kathy Courtney, who is a working medium. We discuss her mediumship journey, growing up with spirit, psychic energy, telekinetic power, out-of-body experiences, NDEs, the veil thinning, her sexual abuse and spiritual awakening journey, the passing of her father and beautiful experience of watching him transition to the other side, her grief and healing journey and how it opened the door to working with energy as a healing modality, the interconnectedness with all healing modalities and spirit communication, what makes a powerful energy healing session, words of wisdom for those stepping into their own mediumship journey, and how to cultivate your own style and abilities directly from spirit and guides. Today's interview is a fascinating, shares fascinating topics that I know you will enjoy, but I just wanted to share with you some of my own quiet self-reflections leading into today's show. You might have noticed that I have not shared a podcast episode in the last two or three weeks, and when I first wanted to record this intro to today's show, I was catching myself apologizing for the inconsistency. However, upon more reflection, what I want to share with you today is that although there is power in showing up and being seen and stepping into power and purpose, if you are not consistent in your life, I would like to offer my support to you if you feel any shame around that or lack of feelings around not feeling good enough or strong enough. I believe that the experience in this life is more important than the destination. And I have approached my life in different ways, putting power on goals and achievement versus putting power in supporting myself in my journey in the present moment. And what I find to be true is that when I give myself grace and when I allow myself to navigate my journey to support myself as an individual, and when I allow myself to give myself what I need in the moment, in the day, even if that is going to reflect inconsistency, that it is more important for me to allow myself to enjoy the journey and not only focus on the destination. And so I'm interested in opening up this discussion, and I would like to ask you how you hold space for yourself, because there is so much power in having your life work for you. And that will mean that you can and will give yourself the grace to do things differently, whether it's day-to-day, week-to-week. I think that life is a cycle. It is a rhythm. We work with energy. We are energy. Everything is going to be different depending on the day or what you have going on in your life. So for me, my priority has been my Akashic Development Circle, as well as showing up in 
the most powerful way for my clients when I open their Akashic records. And so if it means that I don't do a podcast episode, then so be it. And so instead of apologizing, what I'm doing is practicing a little bit more radical acceptance for myself and hoping to inspire you to do the same with yourself. Because remember, our experience is going to be where we where we ex- where we have our reality the present moment is our reality so we can't just always focus on what we should be doing or what we are supposed to do or the goals that we have although it is good to have a focus and an intention it is also just as important to allow yourself to give yourself what you need to support your present moment and that is going to be an array of different things your energy is important how you feel is an important part of our journey and so I do not apologize for not posting an episode and at the same time I also know that it lights me up to do this show and to speak and to talk. And so both reflections are true for me. And so I can work towards navigating my energy in navigating my energy and holding grace for when I don't show up consistent. And another part of this kind of radical self-acceptance is to observe and look at where in my life I am allowing my energy to be drained that is not purposeful or that is wasteful. And so there is much power in allowing yourself to observe and make changes, but at the same time to accept what is. Because when you lead yourself with self-acceptance, you actually open yourself to creating change. If we shame and put ourselves down for not doing something, it actually just creates a very closed vortex and very closed box in which we lead ourselves with. And so you can always accept yourself now and look to what you might want to change in the future. And so with all of that being said, let's just jump right into it. Today, like I said, we will be introduced to Kathy Courtney. She will have all of her links in the show notes if you would like to reach out to her for a reading. And please, if you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it. Please subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. It's so important for me to try to get my messages out to the world and it would really help support me. So I hope you enjoy today's show and have a beautiful day. Hello everyone and welcome back to Your Light is Fearless. I am so excited today to have my guest Kathy Courtney who is a spiritual medium communicator, energy healer. I'm going to let her introduce her, but I just herself, but I just wanted to say that I've always been super fascinated with you online, your online presence. And I know that we have had developed our own friendship, but I'm really excited today to get to know you more and to introduce you to the Your Light is Fearless listeners to get to know you as well, all about your journey and mediumship and what you do. So please introduce yourself. And also, if you wouldn't mind, 
I really love doing the, um, when guests share their sun, moon and rising sign. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. You're the only medium that does not know. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I actually, okay. So I did have an astrology reading a while back, so I should probably know that. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's okay. Um, Maybe we can like all guess, but well, do you know your sun sign? I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just go with that. You're a Leo. Okay. I, that's all I, I know. And it's not that I'm huge in astrology, but I'm, I'm just, I, I am very interested in the sun rising and moon because I guess I've always kind of learned more about myself in that way. Yeah. Because I personally, um, I feel a little bit like I have a lot of juxtaposition in that mm -hmm. because I'm a Capricorn with a Pisces moon and a Libra rising. And sometimes I feel like I'm three different people. <laughs> I think this is so funny because, okay, so I did have that reading because I have heard people refer to their signs and I thought, oh, this is something I should know. Um, I'm going to have to refer back to it. I know that's terrible, but we will, we will, you know what, stay tuned in the show notes. I will, I will let everyone know once you find out what your rising and your moon is. I have it written down somewhere. Okay. I don't mean to put you on the spot. No worries at all, but why don't you just introduce everyone um, a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Well, perfect. Thank you for having me. And the feelings mutual. I watch you and I'm really fascinated with you as well. I think you're gorgeous. You're so bright and you're a good teacher. And um, just the way you come across is really beautiful. So thank you so much. You. Um, yeah. So the way I describe myself is, you know, I am a medium, I'm an intuitive. So I think that when we work in this field, it constantly changes, right? And we're constantly learning, but um, I think it encompasses everything, you know, delivering messages um, from the spirit realm, um, you know, medical intuition comes into play as well, and then psychic information. So I always like to just say medium, spiritual medium and energy guide. Okay. And so for, na for now, we're going to leave it at that because that's where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> Yes, I know. I know for myself that I have in, I, I, we talked a little bit about this, but I, I feel as I evolve within my own spiritual journey, that the titles that I use also evolve. And I never yeah. feel that we should have to be set in stone with one title or not. So we can just allow it to change. Right. As we I think so. Evolve. I think so. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think that know. Sometimes I feel like the titles don't actually matter, but I know people like to know what they're getting into when they're, when they're scheduling a session, but it's really hard to put ourselves in those boxes. Right. I right. Right. Because like you said, sometimes you're doing mediumship and you might receive like medical intuition or, mm -hmm. you know, psychic senses. I think once you open your channel, right. To spirit, you also open your channel to spirit guides. You also open your right. channel to past lives. And, and so I'm absolutely agree that we, we should never be in a box. So I would love to also know if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about your journey growing up and that path to discovering that you are a spirit communicator. 
Um, I know that many mediums have all different types of stories, but we mm-hmm. do share the the similar type of story where you have been seeing spirit and maybe unknowingly communicating and, and spirit trying to, you know, communicate with you since you were a child. That's also my story. So would you mind sharing just a little bit more about your journey to that got you here? Yeah, sure. So I think when I've tried to kind of jog my memory, um, which I constantly do, I think like my first memory of really like knowing and experiencing spirit would be like around four or five years old. And the only reason why I can completely go to that age is because I know exactly where I lived. I knew, I know the house that I lived in. I could picture it in my head. I could drive there today. Um, and so I think, I, I mean, I have these memories of always just feeling spirit around me, seeing shadows of animals and people. Um, and then my story is a little bit complicated, I would say, because around that same time, um, I started to experience sexual abuse in my, in my childhood for a while there too. So there's so many different aspects to the story, but, um, you know, I wasn't raised in an environment that really spoke about spirit communication. It was kind of the opposite. So as I started to kind of express that to my mom and to my parents, um, my mom got really scared. And so Mm -hmm. she would consult like the church that she was attending to and, or attending, attending at the time. And I clearly remember, um, some members from the church that said, well, the house is haunted and you need to leave. Like it's Mm -hmm. dangerous and you need to leave. So I clearly remember one day just packing up everything, um, because that's what they advised her to do. So we moved to the next house and, you know, the experience has never stopped. Um, I just stopped talking about them, I guess, because there wasn't anyone around me to, to talk about those things. Um, I always said I had a near death experience, but now, I mean, because I really didn't know what to call it, but now I'm realizing it was more of an out-of-body experience when I was about seven or eight years old that I completely remember. Um, so just, just different experiences like that. Like I said, they just never stopped. I just realized, okay, this is not really safe to talk about because there's no one that's going to be able to explain them to me anyway. So that's really where it started for me. Um, I had no idea what a medium was, did not know what psychic was, none of those things until I got much older. You know, I'm just looking back at my own journey. And what's interesting to me is that my, my family was very open and they would be maybe what would be considered more spiritual. I wasn't raised in a particular church setting. My, my mom is Jewish and my dad, I guess you could say he was never, he was never raised in in a church, but my parents didn't have this organized religion. And at the same time, they had no knowledge or ability to help me in my own journey when I started to see spirit. And so it's interesting also to see how far society and the collective have evolved that now it's kind of a part of this. It is much more common knowledge to know about mediumship and to know about spirit communication. Although some people are still afraid, most, a lot more people are more open to it. Mm-hmm. But um, looking back, I, again, my my family didn't know what to do with me. They, I, mm-hmm. I did talk about my experiences a little bit, but even coming from a more open household, they just looked at me with like a deer in the headlights and they, they didn't really say that they didn't believe in it, but they always tried to explain it away and say, you know, um, 
you know, well, maybe it was this and maybe it was that, like I was afraid of the dark. And so my dad would sit with me in a dark room and say, look, there's nothing to be afraid of, but you know, it, it wasn't just that I was afraid of the dark at night. I was afraid of spirit. I was afraid because I didn't have any understanding as to what was going on. And so the only thing that I knew to do was to like, be that weird child who would go to the library and check out books about ghosts, but then Same. even right, like so. And I yeah. was watching horror movies because it was the closest door to what I was experiencing with ghosts, right? But even right. those books and those movies didn't do a good job educating us into yeah. what was happening and also helping us understand not to be afraid. So right. for me. I grew up with high anxiety my whole life. I never wanted to go to sleep. I never wanted to sleep in my own room. I was always like going to my siblings rooms. Can I sleep on your floor? Can I sleep Mm -hmm. in your bed? And, um, I was hearing things. I was hearing voices. I was hearing my name called. I was shadows would sit on my bed. I would have figures standing next to me. It was a lot, a lot of activity, Um, Mm -hmm. but I just also didn't have anywhere to go. And I, just I, I love how now that we have this availability to understand our gifts, but for you, how, how did it evolve? Like as you got older and also this out of body experience, do you want to share more about that? Yeah, sure. So I'm trying to, you know, I was trying to think of everything, like, you know, I think my mom was always saying like, there was so many things that I knew before the event would happen. Mm -hmm. So like she said that I would always tell her, um, you need to answer the phone because so-and-so is calling. And she's like, the phone's not even ringing. And then two minutes later, that person, the person would call or would show up at our door or, um, things like that. They kept on occurring. So it wasn't, I don't think it was just seeing spirit, but it was also other things, right? So like psychic information and things like that. Um, And then I know this sounds really crazy. And I've told this story before, but when I was about seven, I ate rat poison. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my grandparents kind of, they lived in like this where they had like this open property. And so we would just go out there and hang out, but they threw poison out there for the rats. I'm assuming. And I picked it up and ate it. Don't ask me why. And so I'm assuming while well, my mom's like, you know, I started bleeding internally and they found me much later. So they take me to the hospital. And of course I had to get my stomach pumped and everything, but I clearly remember leaving my body and hovering above my body. And I could see the doctors working on me. I could see the nurses. I could hear the, you know, machinery that they were using, or I, that sounds terrible, but whatever they were using, I could smell it. And I also remember someone standing by me, but I I don't know who to this day. I mean, I I couldn't even tell you, like, you know, some people say it was Jesus or, you know, my grandmother. I I don't, I don't know who that was, but I had this very strong feeling of like a really calming presence by my side. But I remember clearly watching the doctors work on me and then I'm back in my body. And, you know, I have this memory of always, like I said, I'm always remembering that. Yeah, you know, it it's very natural I think for um for us to have out of body experiences. I know that when I had my near death experience, there was that kind of part in that moment in time when I was 
out of my body, but my, I wasn't fully traveling yet to do mm-hmm. the other side. Like it's so hard to explain. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's just more natural to me, at least that when we, when our physical bodies have pain or suffering or in a very intense, you know, situation that that spiritual part of ourselves, that's the spiritual essence can leave the body and go hovering, like you said, in between these, like in between states. Right. 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 Um, and, and I, for me, I, I did. I did completely leave the body and then travel to a whole other dimension. But I also had, and I know we're kind of going off topic. We're going to get back to it, but <laughs> I had a, I had an out-of-body experience when I was in college um, during a meditation that I was doing where I, I had exactly what you said, where I was all of a sudden in the corner of my room mm-hmm. looking down at my body. And that was so powerful. And I also think that when we do, start to exercise the muscle of consciousness and allow ourselves to travel, you know, within consciousness to, to view ourselves in that way, that it heightens our gifts because I know that, right. Like my energy completely heightened whatever mediumship I had and whatever Mm -hmm. intuition I had was just on fire after that. I think so. I also think it kind of gives us, or it gave us a glimpse into the process when the soul leaves the physical body. Yeah. So that we're, when we're in mediumship readings, right. Let's say we're bringing through somebody that died in a car accident or, you know, whatever the case is. I think that that kind of explains why spirit often shares that they left so quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and they don't feel anything in that moment. Um, And so I, when I'm, in mediumship readings, and that's brought up, it brings me back to that moment of my physical body wasn't feeling what was going on, you know, and that is traumatic, right? Because you, you're getting your stomach pumped or, you know, whatever it is that they're doing to you, but you're literally, your spirit is separate from that. So would you say that would be your experience as well? Yes. Yes. So, so when, so when I was like right before the NDE happened, you know, the reason why it happened was because I was, I was having an extreme asthma flare up. So when I was six weeks old, I also had a near death experience and I almost died from double pneumonia. And so since then I have had asthma my whole life, but for this in particular time in my life, I was 39 years old. So this was a while, a little while ago now. I had this asthma that, that was this flare up that I was in and out of the hospital. It was extremely bad. I couldn't get it under control. I was on like 60 milligrams of steroids. I had a breathing machine in my room. So I was just really struggling. And so what happened was I was in a lot of pain. Like my chest was closing in. I couldn't breathe. And I was praying to my grandmother and she came in my room in spirit. She, it was her full silhouette, white. Like she looked like it, it was, she was, it was like a hazy white silhouette. She walked into my room, Mm -hmm. came right over my body in bed and laid her hands over me and started to breathe into me. And that was when she brought through, um, well, not to kind of go into the whole thing, but she was breathing for me. And as I was leaving my body and I was actually 
saying to her, oh, and now I'm dying. I, I, I can't believe I'm dying because I could feel myself leaving the body and I knew okay. I was going. So I was experiencing relief from finally having, you know, that it's awful when you can't breathe. It's really scary. So I was feeling the relief of that at the same time I was questioning I'm dying. And, and mm-hmm. she, she, she just, what I knew was that she was breathing with angels for my body while I left. So okay. I completely left and I went in the tunnel and I had my whole experience that I've shared many times as well. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. this broken record, but you can listen to that. Um, the interview that the full interview of anyone wants to, I have it on my link and bio and my Instagram, but the thing is, is that you, you do go into a, for me, at least into a complete, um, experience of bliss. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, when, when I went back into my body, I still, I, I felt better, but I still had the asthma. So it was right. this temporary relief. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people who have, you know, a car accident or pain and suffering, and they have that, that jarring juxtaposition of being in the afterworld where you, you know, you're not feeling the pain and then you go back to the body. It can right. cause a lot of like even depression or just, um, resistance to like, Oh, I'm here again, back in the body. Yeah. Because you can't unknow what you've been shown. Yeah. You know, and even though it happens to me at a young age, I've never not known it. You know, I've always known there's something more to this. And that's why I always consider myself to be a spiritual seeker, because like I said, I wasn't raised in a, in an environment that really even addressed these kind of situations or that I could openly share without someone being afraid, which was my mom, right? My mom and dad, but yeah, it's like you come back into your body and you walk away from those experiences and nothing seems real. Right, right. You're, right. You're forever changed. It's mm-hmm. true. You're forever changed and you see the world in a new way. Completely. And, yes. And it's, and it's an amazing experience. So going back to your journey. So your parents didn't understand they were afraid. Were, where, how old were you when you started to embrace being a medium or you said you didn't really know what it was like? No, I had no idea. I mean, like I said, I've had many experiences throughout my life. I mean, some, you know, maybe not so comfortable experience as well, you know, um, like things flying off the wall. And I, my mom, my mom says there was something always trying to grab your attention. There was something always happening around you. So I was just telling my husband the other day, and I talk about it all this, all the time, like things would fly off the wall all the time. (laughs) And now I kind of see those things a little bit differently as an adult. I look back and think, okay, based on the research, based on who I've spoken to, like I said, just completely trying to make sense of this all my entire life. And no one can tell you exactly, right? Because you've experienced it yourself. But um, I have so many theories on that. Um, But it wasn't until about, I want to say like 11 years ago, going on 12 years now, when my father passed away, Mm -hmm. that I realized, okay, um, this is something I need to pursue. And this is something that was meant for me to pursue. But, but, you know, like I said, throughout my life, I had these experiences and just never, never really knew where to go to, to learn about them. You know, like I said, I had no, never even had a psychic reading. Um, I, I think I, I knew what a psychic was, but I just never had a reading before. I definitely did not know what mediumship was. I had, I really had no idea, to be honest. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but 
it's almost like me not knowing my signs, right? I, I really didn't know. I honestly didn't know. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. I know, I know. And and the thing is, I guess I feel like I knew what a medium was, but I never knew it was an option for me. No. And and that also seems silly because it's like, well, anything's an option, but you we really are a product of our environment. And yeah. it just wasn't like the collective consensus that like anyone can be a medium. It was always like, no, only the few selected can be a medium. So, yeah. you know, um, so, you know, going, I actually wanted to ask you a little bit more about what you just said, like objects flying off the wall, because I had some pretty dark experiences too. And I still Mm -hmm. haven't been able to put my finger on if they're, if they truly were dark, dark force type experiences, or it was just because I was afraid because, um, you know, I had things like my bed shaking in the middle Mm -hmm. of the lot, my TV would go on and off, the lights would go on and off. Now, I know that that could be a very strong way that spirit was trying to get our attention, right? Because they can use the frequency of technology. Um, But there was a lot of times that I felt like a heavy energy hovering over me trying to get in my body. Um, I shared a little bit about this. I had something like that. I don't know, maybe a year ago where it was a dark, it felt oppressive and it was an energy that tried to get in my body. And I felt at the time something take over me and like a light force, like my higher self. And I pushed it away with light and love. And this was happening almost like at this very subconscious level. And so I had have had things like that happen throughout my life where the energies, I wasn't always sure if they were positive or not. And I, I'm just wondering, um, because not that many people that I know have had community, you know, spirit has not many people I know that are mediums have, have had the experiences in childhood. Like I have had like you. So I'm very curious Mm -hmm. to ask you in hindsight, do you think that all spirit is positive? Do you think that there is, that it was just spirit trying to get our attention when you had like things falling, you know, flying Mm -hmm. across the room or what do you have to say about that? So a couple of things. Um, and you know, my experience may be a little bit different than yours. And I think we can talk about that in so many different various ways. Right. So I think they're both. No, I don't think just because someone doesn't have physical, someone is out of their physical body. I don't think they're enlightened angels. I don't think they're all positive. I I don't think that. And I have heard lots of people say otherwise, and that's completely fine and amazing. I don't think that once we leave our body, we just become these enlightened angels. I no, I don't believe that. Um, so there's that, but looking back at my childhood, you know, and like I said, I've gone through so much research trying to understand what was going on because at certain points, like I said, things would fly off the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, my lights would flicker, um, which is common, right. Of spirit communication and, and, you know, spirit trying to get your attention. Um, I would step into an elevator and it would completely sh- stop, um, and flicker out. And so th- these were all things that were happening. Okay. It started to, and I'll get to the story cause this is a long story, but I think part of it was because of the sexual abuse in my childhood, I think someone that is quote unquote born with a lot of psychic energy as yourself and as myself, um, 
I think there's another layer to the way we experience energy. So if you're going through, let's say trauma, if you're getting abused and especially sexual abuse, because that's a sexual energy. And, you know, you can really project that out of the body, right? It's energy. And if, if you have, and especially in women, I think in, in girls and especially in children, right? It's this pent up energy, right? So this is happening to you. You're also experiencing um, communication with spirits. And then this terrible thing is happening to your body, right? So that's energy that is built up. So I think part of it was what you would, I would say like telekinesis or telekinetic power, tele, telekinetic energy, because recently, and I think, you know, I don't know if it's spirit, my higher self will bring these lessons back to me. And this happened again recently as an adult where I was watching a show and the show is about like a witch hunt, you know, and they were hunting down this woman who they were accusing of witchcraft and she was raped. And there was so many different things that were going on in, in the show. And I started to feel very upset. I started to feel like I could feel the heat rising in my body, you know? And I mean, I wasn't upset at anyone around me or anything like that. It just, it just made me upset. Right. So I'm trying to talk to my husband. I'm describing it to my husband, how I could feel it building up in my body. And he looks around and he's like, Kathy, what are you doing? And I said, I'm not doing anything. The light starts flickering and our sink, he was standing by the sink. It started to burp, like do this really weird burping, gurgling noise. And he's like, I think this is, I think this is you. And I felt it. Mm -hmm. Um, and even now when we get into elevators, he's like, Kathy, you're doing it, Kathy, you're doing it. And sure enough, the elevator will stop. So I think there's that layer to it, but I think that people that are born with a little bit more psychic awareness tend to have a little bit more psychic energy, if that makes sense. I don't even know if I explained that very well, but yeah. Okay. So I, you did, and you, you brought another layer of awareness for me because I, I actually was going to write that word down before you said it. And I still don't know how to say it. Telekinesis. Is that, is that I when say telekinesis or telekinetic power? Because I yes. think that is like energy outside of us when or we have the ability to move things with our to energy. Move energy. So our, energy is powerful, you know, I mean, well, you know of that. course, and we're all energetic beings and right. everything is energy. So exactly. It's almost, I, I, first of all, I've had many experiences. My actually, this is my everyday experience where I will touch something and it will fly across the room. And my wife is always laughing at me because she'll be like, Oh, can you hand me the remote? And I get the remote flies across the room. I get a pen or a glass breaks. Oh, yes. Oh, I've had a crystal. I still have it. I think I buried it in my yard because someone told me like bury a broken crystal, but I was really sick one time with a cold and I was practicing my own energy healing. I was holding the crystal, a clear quartz crystal, really big, chunky, um, wand holding it in my hand and it broke in half without yep. me doing anything. Yeah. So it's really, because, yeah. So it's like, because we, it's not that we're different and that everyone is energy, but I don't know if I'll be able to best explain it, but it might be that our, our channels are more open or we're connected more to the things around us. Um, in an, I don't know what it is. I really, See, and I've asked, I've asked many people, right? Like I said, 
you're your best authority on yourself because you have those experiences and I've had these experiences, right? But like when you come from a place of like, you, you know, these things happened, but you don't know who to ask, right? I've asked lots of people, I've read lots of information. And of course, no one can tell you exactly, right? But, but this is how I'm processing it. And this is what I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, just like in any other skill or ability or whatever you want to call it in life, some people just have a heightened awareness of what that is. You know, it's just like my daughter can whip up the most beautiful creation. Like she's an artist. I mean, I, I, in like two seconds, I'd have to, I can't do any of that, you know? So I think it's just something, our energy may be a little different. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't either, but I, I, the, the image I get in my mind is almost like just like an electric, you know, light and light and bolt where maybe we just have our energy is heightened and that's why we're able to pick up on energy, right? It's like Mm -hmm. our senses are heightened. We're able to see more. Everyone can exercise that muscle, but I do believe I was born I I used to say very open, but it's really Mm -hmm. just a heightened sense, you know, like my, my son had sensory dysfunction when he was younger. And so he would hear more and see more and he was very sensitive. And so he's kind of outgrown in a way that, because really what it was is just that his, his, his senses weren't able to be regulated. And I think that, when anyone is an energy healer, an intuitive or a medium, it means that we are more sensitive to energy around us. And right. so it might just be that our energy is also heightened in a way. But can I ask you, if you don't mind, I know it's a sensitive subject and topic, but you were talking a little bit about your sexual abuse growing up and your energy. And I'm just wondering how, if you could explain a little bit more about what you meant by that in particular with, you know, your, your, your sexual abuse, like what, what happened? What was, what was the healing that you went through or, or how did you see your energy come into play with that? Cause you were talking about that. So now looking back, I kind of, you know, have put the pieces of the puzzle together. So I was sexually abused by my paternal grandfather for many years and several other people, but that's a totally different story. But how I started to realize that I guess maybe that had something to do with it as well. And I've always been so curious to know if that really influenced how I perceived the paranormal experiences, because you know, there was trauma already. I was holding in my body and secrets and everything that comes along with being abused, right. And sexually abused. Um, but it wasn't until I got much older. And like I said, it wasn't until my father passed away that I think sent me into another level of healing because I didn't expect for all that to come back up when he, when he, when he transitioned, but it did. Mm-hmm. So when I was about, I think it was 37, 38, when my father transitioned. So not only was I trying to heal from losing him, meaning he was my best friend. He was my everything for some reason. I think that's what, you know, loss sometimes does to you. Grief sometimes does. It brings up everything, you know? And so I started to process and, and kind of re revisit the sexual abuse. And so, um, it was so many things at at once, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't know if that answers the question, but I guess it doesn't. But with the energy work, 
I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't know what any of this was, but in trying to heal from the loss of my father, I was trying to look for alternative healing modalities. So mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of meditation. I didn't know what energy healing was at the time, but I was doing a lot of meditation. I was doing a lot of reading. Um, some people said, you know, you should go see a therapist. You should do this, but that just really didn't appeal to me. Um, and I was just always looking for, you know, different modalities, I guess you could say. So was that, was that, I believe the, would you say that the, the passing of your father was the door opening for you to go? I would say re maybe reopen reopened Mm -hmm. because, you know, anyone that has sat with someone that's going into the next phase of their eternal life. Right. So Mm -hmm. that process can be a little long. It can be a little draining. And so I would sit with my father um, he, he got a diagnosis and was given about six months to live. So I was able to be with him every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, he predicted the day that he was going to die. And so I think maybe it was four months, four or five months prior to him actually dying. He was asking me, he kept asking me like, Kathy, what's so special about August or what do we have scheduled in August? And I was like, nothing, nothing that I can think of. And he drew out this picture and it had a tombstone on it and he drew out his, or he wrote out his birth date. And then he wrote out August 21st. I have goosebumps. And I was like, dad. And he was like, I'm going to get this as a tattoo. And I'm like, dad, you can't get that as a tattoo. You're crazy. You know? And we still have the little drawing, but sure enough, he dropped, he died on August 21st. But while sitting with him, I was starting to experience, um, our loved ones sitting in the room with us. I could smell things that no one around me could smell. I could feel things that no one around me could feel. And he was starting to talk to like my grandmother. He was talking to like a childhood pet that we, or a dog that we had when I was little. Um, and you know, my mom and my brothers, they didn't really understand, but I could see it and I could feel it. And I knew in my heart, I knew in my soul, wow, this is reopening that door for me, you know, cause it was like a remembrance, you know, it wasn't like, okay, now I'm going into this journey. It was like a remembrance of what happened when I was a child. And at the time, my daughter was four she started talking to my dad after he transitioned and she would say, grandpa says this and grandpa said that. And it was just all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. It just really brought all those experiences back. Right. Well, that's so such a beautiful, um, I really love the way that you describe the transition because I, as you were speaking, first of all, I had full body goosebumps and I wanted to know, and I asked, so I have a 5 million questions right now, but I'm wondering if you believe, if you believe maybe your dad had some intuitive abilities or anyone in your family that they pushed down. That's one question. And then mm-hmm. my, my, the next thing that I, I realized, um, is that that transition, that word is so powerful because it's so important because it truly is, you know, a natural passing really is Mm -hmm. that transitional period where we become closer to the veil, right? Piercing the veil. And many times hospitals or other people will talk about exactly what you said that, you know, you, you see your loved one and you see that they start, they're starting to make the transition and, and talk to past loved ones. And I've heard that over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. 
Um, I also think that when we're born, that we're kind of in that transition period, because when yeah. I look back, when I was three, four, five, I communicated a lot with angels, or I should say they communicated with me because I, I, I saw them around me and they would come in my dreams and they were just beautiful, loving white energy and always talking to me. And so I, I wonder if it's true and if you believe this or not, if, if maybe there is that kind of, you know, the, the physical life that we experience where we're in a transition period. And then in the passing um, of our life, we go also through that, that transition period. Cause you just made me realize that maybe it's not just death, but it's when we're born that we're still transitioning from. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. Because it, again, it's brought up in readings as well, where mm-hmm. like, we'll be, I'll be communicating with, let's say a grandmother in spirit. And she talks about a child that's going to come. She's already met the child. Yes. Um, so children don't come from here. They come from here, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, for sure. I think it's a cycle, right? It's a cycle. It I is. Mean, it's I a beautiful so. cycle. And, um, it's a beautiful experience. I'm sure that you got to spend that time with your father. It was amazing. And it was a gift. It really was a gift. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize how impactful it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, looking back, I thought, I'm so grateful for that time because yeah. it it really, it was a gift from him because I think he also knew it was time for me to step into this role, if that makes sense. Um, as a medium, I think he knew. Yeah. And I think he was always very intuitive going back to your question. Yeah. He was, he was extremely intuitive. Um, he was very empathic, extremely empathic. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he was a crier like I am, but just felt so much for so many people. Um, so yeah, I think he had amazing quote unquote abilities, but yeah, he was super empathic, super beautiful, just an amazing person. So then what was, what has been the journey, um, for you in becoming a professional? Cause you're a professional working medium, right? You're, yes. you're doing readings. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how has that been for you? I mean, I know it's a, it's a long, it could be a right. long, journey, yeah. so like- um, so going back to, like I said, when I was just kind of seeking out different modalities, right. To heal from the grief and heal from the abuse and things like that. Um, I said, I was really into meditation and just kind of doing it on my own. Well, one of my friends, she happened to mention, she said, there's a meditation circle. I think you should come and you would probably like it. And I was like, well, what is it? She's like, I don't know. And so she's like, okay, I'll meet you there and we'll go together. So I was like, okay. So I show up. She never showed up. So Okay. I'm sorry, but right away, as you're saying that I'm like, you know, that was the universe working. Yeah. So I'm texting her. I'm like, where the hell are you? This is weird. These people are weird. (laughs) Like they're chanting. There's like, I could smell sage. I was like, what is going on here? This is like, not for me. And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm on a date and it's running late. And so she never showed up. So what it was, it it was a Reiki circle. So they're going around doing, you know, Reiki, right? Hands on Reiki, which I didn't know what the hell that was. And I was like, holy shit, I can't, excuse me, holy shit, I can't walk out of here, you know? <laughs> and everyone's kind of on the floor and they're like, okay, you know, it's your turn. I was like, my turn for what? You know? So I sit in the chair and I'm looking around 
And it was like 10 minutes. So it was like a little sample of Reiki, right? So the girl does her thing. I don't even know what she was doing at the time. And I was like, holy shit, I can feel all this energy. But what happened was I saw my dad like standing right in front of me. He was literally standing in front of me, right? And my eyes are open um, and the girl's doing her thing. And I'm like bawling and crying because I see my dad, you know, and they're like, okay, next person. And I'm like, wait, wait, what is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I go back and sit down and I go back the next week and no one had any answers for me, even in that circle. I'm like, can you explain this to me? What is this? I want to know more, but no one could really explain it. Oh, it's energy. It's this, it's that. And I'm like, no, there's something more to this. Um, so that was what started it. And so there was the rabbit hole. I just jumped right in. (laughs) And, um, the lady that, you know, um, was the head of that circle. She didn't, I didn't wind up learning Reiki from her, but I found someone else. And immediately every person I worked on, I was constantly seeing their loved ones. And so I asked her and she said, Kat, I don't know what that is. I can't help you. Like, I don't know why you're, I'm not, I can't, I don't see that. And she, she didn't have any answers for me. And so that's basically the beginning of the beginning. (laughs) Well, okay. So I had a similar, I had a similar experience because after my NDE, I right away studied energy healing, but pranic energy healing. So I actually know first I studied cranial sacral therapy, which is a fascinating modality. Um, but as I was putting my hand, you know, part of the things you do is you kind of like hold the skull of the head in a certain way and you, you kind of just hold it and you're like connecting with energy. I start telling the people I'm working with as I'm going to school and training about the deep sadness they have in their heart Mm -hmm. about their son and the relationship. So it was a lot of like psychic information because, you know, how can you not when you're like literally holding someone in your hands, right? Exactly. And so same thing. So I started to get the spirit communication with the energy healing. And then I, I did finish, um, I got certified in pranic energy healing and I do love that, but I haven't been working so much in that field, but that's exactly what happened to me where it was just the gateway to more mediumship. And then the mediumship led into the Akashic records but okay. it's kind of like what we were talking about before we started recording. It's all interconnected, right? It, it's right. like when Akashic records um, healing is energy healing, mediumship mm-hmm. is energy healing, energy exactly. healing. I don't know how you could not just get messages. You know, I'm not trying to put anyone down who doesn't, but it just opens the door, opens the door, opens the right. door more and more and more and more. So yes. do you do, what kind of energy healing do you do? And do you do it in your mediumship sessions? So I was doing hands-on healing for a very long time, but recently transitioned to just kind of online yeah. sessions. Um, Yeah. So I think we, like you said, it is all energy healing. That's what we're working with. Um, so for sure I use it in sessions, especially with clients that are grieving and, um, clients that are not feeling well physically. So a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think it's like, it's like you're saying like the universe is getting your attention, right? So, okay. We have these experiences in our childhood and okay. That wasn't enough to wake us up. And then we're going to keep having this. Okay. Finally, if she doesn't get it, we're just going to throw her into this Reiki circle. 
or chronic healing. And this is going to be her way in because she's not listening. She's not not listening. It's so true. The NDE Archangel Michael told me you're a healer. You're like, it was like, they were just, they finally just were like, you're doing this. And that, and I, I absolutely agree that spirit tries to get our attention and that the universe tries to get our attention and whatever friend that was literally just was a channel, right. For you to yeah. go. To and she group. had no interest in it. And she I still know. does. She still does it. There you go. It even proves the point. So I, I agree. <laughs> so funny. We, we are just like, we, the universe will speak through us all the time, all the time. So now, now that you are a working, oh, actually I had a question. Do you believe that energy healing is as powerful over zoom? How do you feel about that? I do. I I really do. I think the issue with that is the recipient may not agree. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can only take what they believe in. Um, so that's powerful. So I think that for some, you know, if they are not open to it, they don't understand the quantum mechanics of it, then it will hinder kind of their experience. Um, but yeah, for sure. Because when we're talking about energy healing, energy work, there is no space or time when we enter that quantum field, right? Um, so I think it has a lot to do with the person's belief systems, just like when we're giving a mediumship reading, right? Sometimes the energy and the information flows, the connection's amazing because they're open, they understand, but if there's fear or there's misunderstandings, then that does hinder, I think the flow of it. So I think it works the same with energy healing as well. Absolutely. Okay. So I have so many questions for you if you don't mind, as you know, now that we're kind of catching everyone up and Mm -hmm. including to your journey. So, so now let's say you're, you're working medium. Mm -hmm. Could you speak on, um, some of the most important, um, lessons that you, you have gone through around, um, stepping into your power. I mean, anything you really want to speak on. I have so many questions. I want to know, like, I just want to know everything really, because (laughs) I don't know where to start, but where do you want to speak on? Like how, how, how is it for you now that you are a working medium? Um, what would you like other people to know that maybe are stepping into their own gifts? Like any advice that you have, any words of wisdom? So for me, I think I would have to say lean into your best teacher, which is spirit. So Mm -hmm. making the time to connect not only with your own soul and your own spirit, but sit for spirit, you know, sit in the power is what, you know, most mediums refer that to. Um, I would also say, really be mindful of giving your power away. Like, okay, let me go to this teacher and let me go to this class and let me listen to this, right? Because there's so many different um, ways that we're all going to channel that we're all going to step into the ship and it's not going to all look the same. So for me very quickly, I think, um, what happened to me was I, like I said, I didn't know any mediums. I had no idea that there were even classes for mediumship. I mean, I literally did, didn't know this the first class, or I think I sat in a circle. I think I sat in a circle one, I think for one, I think one time, I felt that my mediumship 
kind of suffered from, from that. I don't know if I can explain that correctly. Um, so so do you feel like you had a natural style and that if you, if you were leaning too much on how someone else would teach you how to do the thing that you do naturally, it would just take you out of like your center, your power. Yes, I think so. Because I was, I had received messages for people that I delivered before I even knew what mediumship was. I mean, this is the truth. And so once I stepped into that one circle, oh, you're not doing that right. This is not correct. Or, you know, something like that. So then it started, I started to question what I was experiencing, I guess I would say. Um, Are you seeing something? Yes. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That's okay. No idea what's happening, but there is a stick on my roof, like going up and down and I'm not going to stop this interview and go see, but I'm like, who's on my roof. Anyways, I am so sorry. I was like, uh, does, she see spirit? does she see spirit? It goes. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that's a sign, but <laughs> you know, I, I understand what you're saying because, um, when I got into reading the Akashic records, it it was an absolute natural thing. Nobody taught me how to do it. The Akashic records came to me and I started to read it and I started to channel the book of life. And even though now I am a teacher and I'm mentoring other students on how to read the records, it's just based on my own experience, you know, and and I, and I also encourage um, my students to, to, like you say, learn from spirit, learn from the guides, learn from the records, because what I would do is I would, every time I would channel the records, I would then go back into the records and talk to the guides about how I channeled, how it works, what happens, what questions to ask. So like this kind of sense of self-reflection where I just had my own mentorship session with them and they would teach me what was happening. So I love that you say that because, um, yeah, that's how, that's how I do it. That's how I, I mean, I think there's great value in teachers and mentorships. Of course, that's a hundred percent needed. And there's amazing teachers out there. Amazing. Um, but I would really say, for the most part, and this is just coming from my own thoughts, right? Mediumship, psychic work, energy work, whatever you want to call it is really, it first has to start with you Mm -hmm. and healing yourself and opening up your own awareness little by little. And no one can actually give that to you. Well, Um, I agree. It's, it's that it is a balance. You don't want to say, well, no, I only know everything and I'm only going to learn, you know, my own way. But at the same time, it has to be that balance of power, because if you looked to a teacher to tell you everything, you don't embody your own style. So it has to, there has to be a dance. Um, So what would you say when when you are communicating with spirit, do you have like a system that you go through when you, when you open yourself to spirit or how, and is, is that all self-taught? Would, would you mind sharing? I'm just very curious as you know, I am a medium too, and I don't really do as much mediumship as I do Akashic records, but um, I'm curious more about how you've developed your own mediumship style. I'm honestly curious too. Um, okay. So like I said, prior to even knowing what mediumship was, I was receiving messages and 
um, there was a couple that I delivered that were pretty impactful and, um, I had to really trust, right. I had to trust that the message was going to mean something for that person. I had a trust spirit to give it to me in the way that the person could receive it. And I have a couple of big stories or a couple of detailed stories around that. Um, as far as developing my own style now, I do enjoy listening to like, um, maybe people speak on mediumship, their experiences with it. Um, and of course I've read books. I have sat in different classes, you know, things like that. Um, but for me, I've always just kind of really made sure that I've, my, my mantra or my saying is like, if my child was on the other side of life, am I the medium that I would trust? And that's huge for me. So every time I go into a reading, that's what I ask myself. You know, if I had a child that was in the spirit realm, would would I be the medium that I would trust? And that's kind of what I base it on. So I get myself into this really heart-centered space, you know, just really that's where it comes from. That's my passion. That's my motivation. And that's where I get my intent from. Does it always work? you know how this goes. I mean, there's, you can't predict it. Right. But I always make sure that that's the space that I'm coming from. And I kind of, I mean, I don't have a set style. I basically, what I say is I'm listening with my entire being, my entire soul. I'm listening and tuning into the best of my ability, Mm -hmm. whatever that ability is and how it comes through. I trust it. Um, have I always no, has it taken time a hundred percent? Um, but that's, I mean, I think that that sums it up. So, well, that's beautiful. And it's a very similar way that I have also noticed within my own self and how I get into the records is through the heart portal. I always breathe into my heart and I always, whoever it is that I'm reading for, I connect with their hearts and I ask them to take deep breaths from their hearts yes, together. Exactly. And, and it's so it it really it comes down to, I mean, it, it sounds corny, but love is all there is. So it's, it's not corny. Be, it's a hundred percent truth. Right. Yes. So it anchors us into it, it it anchors us into the loving essence of which we all stem from which is this power it gives us the power to do the communication. And so, um, I love hearing that that's what you do. I think it's, if anyone's listening, it just that in itself could be an amazing tool to help any modality that you're working with. It's just the foundation. It's like the, the anchor point of where you start from. And then I love what you said too, about how you just open yourself to hearing or receiving with your whole being. I don't know if that's exactly mm-hmm. how you said it, but um, so you would, would you say that you, you work particularly in a certain um, way as far as clear audience or um, clear scene, clear knowing, or do you kind of la- allow yourself to just dabble in everything? I think it's everything and yeah. it has changed over time. Yeah. So where I felt I was, um, you know, clairknowing or clairsentient, it's always changing. Um, so I don't let myself worry about how it's going to come through. I just know that it's going to come through in the way that it's meant to at that time. 
Um, and that was another thing too. I think there's beauty and there's amazing um, importance on learning those techniques and learning about the psychic senses a hundred percent, but I've never allowed myself to get too concerned with it. Um, because it's, it's going to come through how it's going to come through for me. Right. And all I could do is show up and step aside. That's what I do. I show up and I step aside, right? I, I just push all my human aside and I'm listening here with my, with my soul being everything. Um, so I try not to get too tripped up on how it's going to come through. I really yeah. don't. It's, it's super good advice and it's absolutely, you know, the way that I say it is like to be an open channel, we have to be in a, in a, in a place of trust, faith and surrender. And in order to do that, there really is no rules. And so I do this little thing within my own mind where I, I not only do I get in my heart, but I, I open myself up to miracles and to all possibilities and potential. Exactly. It's, it's like this quantum realm where you, you don't have expectations because the minute you have a defined expectation is the minute you kind of kill the, the channel of just right. leaving whatever the energy is trying to show you. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's and all sometimes that. that's difficult, especially because I do tend to have a lot of parents mm-hmm. to come for readings. I want more than anything in this world to be able to provide what they need, but mm-hmm. I have no control over it. Right. I have no control over it, which, you know, so all we can do is show up from that space, appear intent. And, um, and like I said, just step aside. So Kathy, have you ever realized that possibly your, like your motto or your mantra has called in, um, parents because of what yes. you say, because when you said that, I thought, oh, well, no wonder she has so many parents because of what you set this intention, right? Would, would I be the medium that I would, so go- it didn't start off that way. It oh, okay. Start <laughs> off that way because very early on when I started to step into doing public or doing readings for the public or doing readings for others, um, I started to get a lot of parents Mm. and I, that made me very nervous. It made me very nervous, you know? And so I just started to accept it because it continued to happen, you know, and it's a very different feeling. I mean, I could sit here and bring through grandma or uncle or, you know, even mom or dad and be okay. But when it's children and a mother sitting in front of me or a father sitting in front of me, um, it's, it's a, it's a different feeling, right? It's a different feeling of wanting to provide that comfort for that parent, because I cannot imagine that, you know? Um, so then I started to realize, okay, there's a reason for this. I don't know what it is and I'm not going to ask it to go away. I'm going to accept it, but this is my approach. This is going to be my approach. Um, because I, I I have two, I have two children, you know, I have a 12 year old and I have a 15 year old. And so gosh, we, I think we've knew, I I have a 13 year old and a 15 year old. So (laughs) very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, how do you deal with the pressure? How do you deal with the times when your mindset gets in the way? Or uh, maybe I should say, how do you, how do you get yourself that human? You said you kind of get the human to step aside. Mm-hmm. How do you do that under these kinds of readings where the need is so strong? Um, 
just exactly the way I told you, just using my mantra, stepping into that, you know, love and really explaining. Um, I know this is possible, Mm -hmm. but I can't guarantee this is going to happen today, but we're going to work through it together. It hasn't not happened, but you know, there could be a chance that it could. Right. And also in the way I deliver the information, I just, um, kind of really embody compassion as myself. So I look at that mother, I look at that father and I put myself there with them. You know, that's me. He's me. And I'm them. If that makes sense, that's, that's kind of what I do. Okay. So yes, I, I, of course I understand that. So it's, it's really, it's, there's like this simplicity to it really. Um, just, and I get nervous. I get very nervous. Of course I do. Of course I do, but they're trusting me and they're trusting me for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always try to remind myself of that. It doesn't always work. I will be honest. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I get really nervous and, um, but that's just my process that goes through my head, I guess. Yeah. We all get nervous, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm always saying that I just, the way that I deal with my nerves is I accept them and I allow for another possibility at the same time of experience. So the minute I resist my nerves is the minute they become like, I can't move past anything other than the experience of my right. nerves. But I've found that if I just fully, fully, fully embrace them, then I can also lean into, okay, what else could be possible? Could I, could mm-hmm. I hold faith while I accept fear. And, and, and some of that is spirit too. If you're going into a reading and you're feeling nervous, some of it is because you're already working. Um, and so, so sometimes it's not you, but you're already feeling the energy and you're already working. That is true. Um, so you were saying something and, oh, I, this is just out of my own curiosity, really. So when, when you're in a reading, um, how are you able to, you, you say that you, you kind of, you're able to be very compassionate. Of course, we want to be compassionate with our sitters, but when you are communicating with spirit, do you feel that you have to kind of stay with spirit and then kind of then stay with your client's energy? Or are you able to stay with spirit and be compassionate? I hope that makes sense. But sometimes I feel like because I'm so much about the study of consciousness that I can, I can, I can see within myself, this expansion where I'm like with the guides or with spirit. And then at the same time, I'm like, focus on my client. Have you ever had that experience? Am I even explaining? Yes. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. I think, um, a hundred percent. So sometimes what I'll do is like what I'm doing now. Sometimes I won't look at them. Yes. If I'm really in this space, but I do want, and I do kind of address that at the beginning of the reading. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not that I'm being rude, but I, sometimes I just really need to stay in this meditative state that I get myself into. And so sometimes I won't be looking at you, but I do need to hear your voice. I am listening. Um, but I feel like I can, I feel like there are certain readings. I, you know, I don't know if this is the right way to explain it, but I just, I allow spirit to lead the session a hundred percent, but I do try to reserve space to 
kind of provide what the client needs. Um, and sometimes that is not going to follow the rules of what's out there. Sometimes they do need to express a little bit more than, yes, that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. Yes. You know, sometimes there's a little bit more that they need to express and I do allow for that. So I feel like I could go back and forth, but I do notice in reading sometimes that go that way. I tend to be a lot tired, a lot more tired after, um, Mm -hmm. because I think it takes a lot more expansion and a lot more energy that you have to push out to be able to do this. Yeah. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I hope it's making sense to the listeners, but it's, um, I completely understand what you're saying. Um, okay. So, so have you ever had, um, have you ever had a time in your journey where you, you, you turn yourself off to spirit, or do you ever have a time where you feel like you're drained or how do you navigate, um, your, yourself as this professional medium? Cause I, I guess I'm a little bit curious because within my own journey, I have to be really careful with like my energy and how much mm-hmm. I'm I want to do all the time. I want to work right with air quotes. Like I want to serve the world of spirit or, you know, channel and do all these things. But I have noticed that I have to almost not force myself, but make myself know that I can be human. Like I don't, I'm not going to always have to be serving, 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 teaching, doing, doing, doing. So I'm just wondering if, if you've ever had, what's your experience with energy and, and, being human and being a medium and just navigating like the professionalism of all that. I think I didn't realize that in the beginning. And sometimes I think that's kind of a part of our, our work that doesn't always get spoken about because we're not just sitting here talking to people, you know, which it looks like that, right. But it can be extremely tiring. And sometimes it can be hard to disengage from that. Because when we're working with the world of spirit, it feels amazing and beautiful and loving. And we want to continue doing that. But the human energy, the human body can't always take that, right? We need to replenish ourselves. So I do make time for um, like daily walks in nature. And I do work out every day to kind of get some of that energy out. Um, And I do now schedule a lot more time off. So I don't work every single day. I know what my max is per day. Um, Boundaries were hard for me in the beginning. Um, And then there are certain like family members that I have to care for that tend to be a little bit draining. Um, So if I know that is coming up, then I make sure to, I can't really do readings that day or maybe not even the day before, but it's a process that it's taken me time to realize that, you know, my body and my physical body and my energetic body can't always go, go, go. Um, lots of water being by the water. I love all your posts of being by the water, right? You're on the beach. So that's amazing, which I don't have the option of that anymore. But when I was, I mean, that was so helpful. That was extremely helpful. Um, and then really enjoying my children. Yeah. So listening to them laugh, like really looking into their face. Cause I know this, this time isn't going to last forever. And so just really engaging with them. Um, and then my husband, you know, he's amazing. He's supportive. He's super grounding. And so he'll know, like, I think you need to take a break. Um, you know, he'll make something really yummy for me to eat, you know? Um, so things like that. I mean, they're typical things that I'm sure you do too, but just really being aware of the fact that you need more time to do those things, you know? Yeah. Just 
and ha- yeah, having fun and, but doing those things, I think mm-hmm. I, I, it, that, that isn't, that is a journey in of itself, I think, right. because I, I just, it's hard to say no, it's hard to say no. And it's also hard that we do make our own schedule. So sometimes I've just been very cognizant recently of wanting to do so many things, but knowing that it's actually not going to be in my best interest and that I'm just right. not going to be able to do everything. Um, and yeah, j- water being around water there's stuff for me. I don't know what it is, but I, I need to be around water. Um, it's yes, so that's for- amazing. That's so cleansing. And actually I did have that opportunity, which was really helpful actually it happened at the beginning of sort of like my coming out as a medium. A lot of my experiences were by the beach and it was perfect. I mean, I think it was kind of set up by spirit that way. Um, that's a whole story, but I was talking to my husband today because we were kind of reviewing like the journey together. And he's like, remember when we used to be walking on the beach and you kept on thinking I was talking to you because I kept on hearing like someone say, hello, hello. And I'd be like, why are you saying hello to me? And he's like, I'm not. And then I I would walk and I would hear something. I'm like, stop talking to me. I'm trying to He's like, Kathy, I'm not talking to you. And I'm like, well, I heard someone say something. He's like, it's not me. Yeah. This happens to me all the time. I, I, you know, spirit has taken on the actual voice of my children and my wife. And so it's a little weird when it's that mimicking voice, but that happens a lot. I've heard that too. I've heard it too. Even they'll say like, I'll call my wife baby and they'll say baby. They'll, they'll use her, her, her name and her voice. It's, it's, that's a whole nother subject. Yeah. I've had that. I've had that too. Like where I hear mom. Yeah. And my kids have heard, um, their name being called and, you know, they're not ready to really embrace mediumship in any way. My older son, you know, he's 15. Like that's not happening. Like he's, (laughs) I have to say he's not the most supportive right now, but I'm just drilling in his head. Yeah. It's that stage. (laughs) My daughter, my daughter kind of is, but sort of, you know, she was, well, my son though, my, the 12 year old is she, yes, she's really interested, but she pretends like, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, get back to me later. But I refuse (laughs) to, I refuse as a mother to not be open and share like my experiences. And I think it's because of what you experienced too, because we didn't have that many people talking about it. I just refuse to raise my children with like that lack of awareness. So even if they don't want to hear about it, I'll be like, so I had a session today. It was so beautiful. And they're just like, oh my gosh, mom. (laughs) I'm just like, no, you guys are going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Yeah. I'll share that too with them. And they, my son and my daughter, they do, they do like it. They will be open to it, but yeah. Yours might okay. be a little better than mine about this time <laughs> of our lives. But um, I just feel like there's so many other things that I would love to pick your brain about. I what I would love to ask you is, you know, where do you see yourself in the next five years? You, you like, do you do you feel like you're you're always going to be a medium and this is going to be your work? Or do you see yourself teaching? I know I have talked to you before about <laughs> teaching, and I have to say, I know your philosophy about teaching is kind of like, maybe, like, maybe you've said before that it's that you have found that you are your best teacher. And I believe that to be true. Um, 
but I think that there's, there's a way to teach that is so open-ended because I, that is the way that I teach too, where it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. this is what works for me. Like, you know, allow your, you could teach in a way where you allow other people to develop their own insights. So I'm just wondering, yeah, where do you see yourself going in your journey from this point moving forward? Yeah. I've thought about this and I, my passion is mediumship and always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see myself ever not doing mediumship readings because I have a love and a passion for it. And I feel like that's, that's really, um, where my heart is teaching. I've thought about it and I've had many of my clients are like, just teach us. I'm like, teach you what they're like, teach us anything. I'm like anything. Okay. I don't know what anything is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been asked, asked to teach, um, I think, right. I'm doing some writing. So I'm trying my hand at writing and expressing myself that way. So I'm allowing that to kind of develop and see what comes out of that. And I'm finding it's really healing at first. I was like, I'm not a writer. I don't know what to write about, but I do. I put a lot of work in kind of how I express myself in my posts and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm working on writing. Um, I think my biggest passion, if it were to be teaching, it would be teaching I don't know that I would say like, I'm a teacher for mediums. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't see myself as a teacher for mediums, but I do think that I have a lot to offer for the mom that wants to connect with her son or the, you know, wife that wants to connect with their husband. Um, I think in that aspect, I may consider that to be teaching, but I think it's more guiding, right? Guiding, like this is my process, but it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the process you have to follow. Um, I admire teachers. I mean, I admire, I admire you and, you know, I've watched your journey and thought, oh my gosh, she's doing amazing things. And I would love to do something like that. But I think for me right now, it feels like I will be going into maybe processing and helping people through now. I'm not a grief counselor or anything like that, but connection to kind of help that process to realize that we, we are always connected to our loved ones. And although the process may be different for you, this may work. And let's just approach this with an open mind. Let's just approach this with an open heart and see how the connection for you um, can come through. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You're going to, you're an igniter, you know, I feel you, you, your energy is this energy of, of awakening and helping people like blossom into their own connection with self and the universe and whatever you want to call it a teacher or not a teacher. <laughs> I was just more curious about like where you see yourself going, but the truth is doing the actual work and being a channel for the afterlife. There's nothing more powerful that, or nothing more that you need to do or anyone needs to do that. And and I've asked myself, I've asked myself that over time, like, do I, I don't ever see myself doing platform. Like I'm not drawn to that at all. And people have asked me like, do you think you're going to, I just don't, I don't think everyone needs to, or feels to do that. I don't. Um, I was asked to do, like, I had, I had some experience with like a reality TV show. That's not my thing. You know, I've kind of been asked to do little things here and there. Um, but I don't, I guess all that to say, I don't know. (laughs) I need to, I need to schedule with you. 
<laughs> well, listen, to know thyself is the best place to be like to exactly. really know what you like, what you don't like. It's just this full embodiment and it's a beautiful thing to witness also. And then also the fact that you're just open because, you know, yeah, yeah people can, I, I love to ask people like, where, where do you see yourself? Cause I'm all about expansion, but the truth is, you know, we just, it's, it's, it's also so powerful to just to be open. You said before you're a seeker, you know, to be open in that, that curiosity, like to be in curiosity yeah. and just to allow yourself to, to unfold in your journey. That is. And to be okay with where you're at, at the time that you're there. Yes. Yes. I, I think that that's something that I um, am working on because I'm so interested in expansion that mm-hmm. I'm always like, okay, what's next and what else can I do? But I, I just wrote something down today that that is that is forefront on my mind, and I think it was a sign from from my guides or someone, and it said they it was that your your journey is as important as the destination, which is so Ooh, true. I love that, and yes. I so I'm just allowing myself to like enjoy things more in the moment instead of just like, okay, well, this is the goal that I have. This is where I know I'm going because I, again, I'm a little bit more of like this visionary person. Mm-hmm. I'm like always seen, seen, but it's so important to be embodied present in the moment and just allow ourselves to just be fully like enjoy in the present moment. And I feel like right. that's like who you are. Like you're just so embodied and and grounded. <laughs> so. I try to be, and I think on the outside, it may look like I don't have motivation or I no girl. You're, <laughs> but, Cause sometimes you're I'm just kind of like, I'm working slow today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this. You know, I, I, I do a lot of slow moving, I would say. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a, I think I'm a slow mover for the most part. Too. My mind might be big, but my body is a slow moving person. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, now I want a reading just to let you know. And now I'm like, okay, I have like, I, I just have, I have a lot of, I have some people in mind that I want to send to you as well. Um, but this has been just like the scratch of the surface. I feel like of of how much I want to pick your brain about mediumship, but I know that, um, that we have the rest of our friendship to. Yes. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to not only connect with you, but to share a little bit about my story and to hear your story. So thank you for sharing that with me as well. Oh, of course. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I really enjoyed listening to you and I know everyone will as well. And so where can people find you for a reading if they want to book in a reading? Um, so right now, like I said, I'm still working on my website. See, slow moving, slow moving. <laughs> I have the same website for years and I took it down because um, I wanted to redo some things and add some things to it. Um, but it's kathycourtney.net. Okay. And then I am on Instagram at Kathy Courtney medium. And I love your Instagram. You do, oh, you, do you do a lot of like educational pieces. Thank so you. definitely go check, check you out. What is it again? Kathy Courtney, Kathy Courtney medium, Kathy Courtney medium. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being thank here you for having for me. another time. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoy learning about my personal journey with Akashic Record transformation. 
I believe that by sharing our stories of inspiration and transformation, together we rise. If you are interested in learning more about the Akashic Records or would like to see all my offerings, please go to my website, themalibumedium.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Malibu Medium. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. I would also love to hear from you. Please leave a comment and share it with your friends if you think they would find it helpful. Together we rise, empowered, your light is fearless.